Welcome to Planet Mainstage. My name is John Prentice. How will it be, this end of which you have spoken, Brother Emma? Aye, how will it be? Well, it will be as twere a mighty rending in the sky, you see, and the mountains will sink and the valleys will rise, and great shall be the tumult thereof, I should think. Will the veil of the temple be rent in twain? Well, the veil of the temple's always rather dodgy. <laughs> but it should be rent asunder about two minutes before we see the sign of the manifest flying uh, whatnots up in the sky. And will there be a mighty wind, then? Certainly there will be a mighty wind, if the word of God is anything to go by. <laughs> and will this wind be so mighty as to lay low the mountains of the earth? I can't hear a blind word you say. <laughs> You're speaking too softly for the human ear, which is what I'm equipped with, so you'll have to speak a bit louder, I think. It's no better, is it? I ask you to speak louder, you speak softer. A strange reaction from a follower. Or perhaps I'm very old-fashioned. Perhaps I'm very old-fashioned expecting you to speak louder. Yes, you are. Come along, we haven't got all day to the end of the world. Will this wind? We've heard that bit. <laughs> We've all heard will this wind. We've heard will this wind enough, thank you. You don't want to hear will this wind again. Will this wind what is what we want to know. What will this wind? Don't say will this wind again. That'd be a most tedious experience. <laughs> What will this wind? Will this wind be so mighty? Be so mighty? As to lay low. As to lay low. The mountains. The mountains. Of the earth. The what? Earth. Earth, yes. Will this wind be so mighty as to lay low the mountains of the earth? No. It will not be quite as mighty as that. <laughs> that is why we've come up on the mountain, you stupid nit, to be safe. <laughs> up here we shall be safe. Safe as houses. But what happened to the houses? Oh, well, naturally, the houses will all be swept away and consumed by the fire what is dancing on the firmament. Seven nights, I don't know. All right, then. Um, when will it be, this end yeah. of which you have spoken? When? 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 Oh, when? In about 30 seconds time, according to the very ancient pyramidic scrolls and Mingusal watch. Suppose <laughs> we'd better compose ourselves. Yes, prepare for the end of the world. <laughs> 15 seconds. Have you got the picnic basket? <laughs> Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Now is the end, perish the world. It was GMT, wasn't it? <laughs> well, it's not quite the conflagration we'd been banking on. <laughs> Never mind, lads. Same time tomorrow. We must get a winner one day. Welcome to the show, Wild Winds never-ending rain, unthinkable war. It takes the Brits to find humor in it. That was the end of the world.
a skit from Beyond the Fringe circa 1960, with the very funny Peter Cook, Dudley Moore, Jonathan Miller, and Alan Bennett. All to start off the show on a happy note? Not at all related, I think. In the first hour today, we are going to re-listen to most of an excellent chat I had with Scott Nolan last November, just before his appearance at the Cranky Festival, playing songs from this album, which is now having its release. Scott Nolan and Glenn Beer are having their CD release for The Suburb Beautiful on June the 12th, Sunday, at 2 p.m., a matinee show at the West End Cultural Center. They will be performing the album with the full five-piece band, along with the Penderecki String Quartet. CDs and LPs will be available. In the second hour, we will have the Name That Riff contest and more new and old faves. For the first part of the show, we will take advantage of replaying this fine interview we did last November with Scott, where he waxes poetic eloquently on the production of The Suburb Beautiful, having done two shows now, revealing the material bit by bit. This finally now, the CD and album release June 12th at 2 p.m. at the West End Cultural Center. The West End show you did, was that? Uh, That was with the orchestra musicians? Yeah. That was called the Manitoba Skylines. And so you're telling me that this is on the verge of the, the album coming out, which is that music, right? Is that true? It is, yeah. yeah. The album, uh, I believe, won't be officially released till next spring. Um, the, some of the part of the record was uh, the core was done with the Penderecki String Quartet. Another section was done with mem- members of the Manitoba Chamber Orchestra. And then we went back and added two more songs with kind of our five piece group. And that was particularly uh, special to me because, I mean, Glenn and I's relationship is newer, but these musicians we have in common here, uh, all three of them, Gilles Fonier, Joanna Miller, Paul Balcain, they go back to my like literal day one of my career and I'm back at the Blue Note. And so we got these long and great histories. And um, so to me, it's, it's rounded the record out. And in performance, um, much of the stuff you saw with the orchestra at the West End, these arrangements have been reimagined for five of us. So <laughs> there's five of us working twice as hard to, to make it happen. And it sounds differently, certainly. The presentation is a little different, but, um, you know, it's been a real journey and process, this collection of songs and the, the way it came together. All of it is so uh, brand new for me. The, the writing itself, I think, could be considered a, a song cycle, which is not something I've ever uh, explored, really. Kind of um, autobiographical in a, in a, in a sense, it... it um, it really, if I'm being honest, it was it was a, a blue collar artist at middle age, is what this record really was. It was after I wrote the book of poetry, which was also connected a lot to the neighborhood I grew up in and, and my upbringing in Winnipeg. And these songs kind of uh, really grew out of the the, the poetry, and uh, I just had been um, trying new things. I, uh, you know, I hadn't performed, a, a, you know, sober uh, till I was well into my forties. And I'd begun playing with a childhood friend, um, doing these kind of smaller shows. And, uh, you know, things, as always, uh, just, just kept kind of changing and, and growing, uh, and, and which keeps it interesting for me. 
but so these songs kind of a lot of them came out of that and I can't remember how long it took me to write them but uh, by the time I was connected with Glenn it was I'd say a three-year process from the arrangements um, to the actual recordings the show you saw at the West End uh, the day before was a recording so the chamber musicians on the new record that performance comes from the West End and when you hear the record, uh, the West End is like a member of the group. The room itself it became such a magical and critical part of the sound of it. It was done in the round. Maybe we can explain what happened there at West End. Yeah, we kind of had two goals. Um, one certainly was Glenn uh, and Bram Woltovi founded the New Music Festival back in the day. And so they did these performances they were the ones that brought the bleachers on stage and the audience on stage. And so we wanted to do stuff like that, but I had suggested, you know, maybe we meet in the middle and use a venue that's close to my history. And I explained why the West End and particularly the Podolics, why their philosophies and, and uh, endeavors mattered to me. So we decided on that room. And once we did that, we went down and looked at it for the purpose of recording. And Glenn quickly realized what I meant about you know, if we bring it down off the stage and just use the room itself as a recording vessel. Um, yeah. So then our goal was to kind of was to mount a show to kind of give people a, a glimpse of the new music and uh, and ultimately record. That was kind of the first goal was to well, where are we going to record <laughs> with 10 chamber musicians? And yeah, just to, just find trying to find a place that could capture the not just the spirit of the performance, but the the actual sound of it, you know. I used my recording colleague, Jamie Sitar. So again, uh, the meeting of the worlds where we didn't record it the way classical recordists probably would have. And when you hear the record, it's got a darker and maybe drier quality than you might hear with symphony players. And it's also like when Glenn and I first got together, there was a couple key things that inspired our collaboration. And one was we were visiting one time early on and he had talked about uh, in, in, in the classical world where he um, spends a lot of his time, you know, he talked about this world struggling to retain relevancy. Um, the audiences that kept symphonies working were often older people who wanted to hear older music. So these people were in the later stages of their lives and they didn't really want to hear the new music that much. And so we would get together and talk about what potential um, solutions there were to things like this. And this is where I kind of came back to, I met Mitch first, Mitch Podolik, before knowing the family at all. And I wasn't a folk kid. I was a heavy metal kid. And so how our friendship began was was unique. And I really came to appreciate and understand the kind of folk ideology well before the music. It wasn't uh, acoustic guitars and banjos, really. It was conversational. And so one of the things I suggested to Glenn that I felt could be missing in that world is, you know, if you go back 100 some odd years ago, um, those people, their stories were in that music. And perhaps that's what's missing today is um, the folk element in, in music and song. And I think about this record we just made, and I think the, the cuts with the quartet and the chamber musicians, I think, are, I think it's really folk music. You know, it's, it's truly acoustic and it's, um, uh, it's an imaginative thing. Uh, it's, not, it's not a roots folk guy with strings. It's not that kind of thing, you know, and um, early on, Glenn would work from these work tapes I created. I would do work tapes here on my own and share them with him, and he would begin creating arrangements and, and kind of expansions. And then I began really encouraging him to, I wanted to, I wanted to turn up the Glenn. I wanted to be more of that um, collaborative thing. And it was a song called Patron State of Broken Hearts, where 
uh, it really began. We really started hearing it where it was, um, it was beyond just the immediate arrangement of what I'd already composed and recorded. And things got interesting. And um, I remember him writing me and saying he was stuck for a day or two on that particular song. And I had jokingly kind of almost teasingly had said, um, you know, the quartet can be my right hand. If you listen to the song, um, the finger picking pattern, which was very inspired by my friendship as a, as a young man with Chet Bro. Um, he had kind of impressed upon me as a, as a kid, really, that you could play bass and melody and, and, and all these things simultaneously if you took your time and, and learned how to do that. And so I was kind of joking with Glenn, not trying to be immodest. But it, as it happened, that was the, the trigger point for him to when he went back to the piece of music. That's what he went back to. And he, he kind of zeroed in on the, the pattern and then he began taking notes away. And it became this beautiful thing that builds up with uh, with cello and, and viola. And it's almost like a baton pass. When the guitar comes in, you almost don't really even see it coming. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, the, those instruments disappear for a second and it's guitar. That was nice, the first nice. moment where I thought, oh, boy, that's this is really exciting where it's starting to go now, you know. Mm-hmm. Storm before the calm 
patron saint of broken hearts Had me searching for salvation before Completely fall apart First Sunday after The first full moon of spring How even nothing feels like something When you've lost everything We sing for mercy We sing for joy The hurt so bad Makes a beautiful noise I hear your footsteps I can hear you calling my name Rejoice And start it over again That was the patron saint of Broken Hearts from the suburb Beautiful. And now back to our interview with Scott. This is Planet Mainstage on 101.5 UMFM. What I think of, of Scott Nolan's music, I think, well, you know, the word I think of is melancholy. But melancholy 
going to uplifting. That, that's how I look at it. Uh, melancholy, I definitely agree with. I, I think the new record is also, um, it's a product of my age, you know? Mm-hmm. I had gone through the cycle of like, you know, when, you're, when I was in my 20s, I wrote about um, um, Texas and Arkansas because I was traveling a- around there a lot, spending a lot of time, and I was very enchanted by these communities and environments and so the writing was always directly connected to whatever I happened to be doing and mm-hmm. when I stopped traveling um, my life settled mm-hmm. I stopped drinking and smoking and hanging out in, in yeah. monkey kong taverns and stuff and so inevitably and thankfully the writing went with it you know and yeah. so uh, I guess what I thought was that you you own the imagery here uh, and it's you know it may be the kind of thing the stark imagery about a cold Winnipeg quiet evening where you all those images that you create and say like Ar- Arlington, the song Arlington about the, the you're just there, you're a sense sensing this cold, stark city that we live in. And, um, and for me to really not to, to appreciate it from your perspective, I have to sort of come through you and see it through your eyes kind of thing. You know, it's like, yeah, that's that's what Winnipeg is, you know. So I really felt that when I was listening to the music yesterday. So I thank you for that. Oh, I appreciate that. There's something I've I've seen before in uh, in Guy Madden, in Katharina Vermette's books, in John K. Sampson's songs. And as I was kind of getting near my, you know, in my forties, right, and and uh, settling down a little bit in terms of behavior. I really started to see what these artists that came before me saw in this city as a, a muse is a bit of a funny word to use, but it's true. There's so many unique things about this province. Um, I, I often say when I used to tour a lot, I started um, in my early days defending Winnipeg. And by the end of my years on the road, I bragged about it. And people would kind of scrunch their face up about the one or two things they might know about our city. And, and I'd say, you know, we have beaches and deserts and the equivalent of the North Pole. It's really, it, it, it's an astounding and completely enchanting place. You yeah. just have to, you have to arrive there at your own time. Mm-hmm. If you're, uh, you know, I mean, we, we come with our own agendas of what we want out of a, out of a city. But for me, um, like I, I have friendships with the guys that, you know, drink in the park in the daytime uh, across from me here. And, and I was, I was making a little video for, for the song yellow lights amore. And I mean, there's no money to do any of this stuff. So I'm going to do it myself. And I walked through um, places like Bruce and Assiniboine park. And, and uh, I'd walk to, I, most days I walked to Moray bridge and back. So all these little locations were, were seeping into the, music and um so i asked these guys uh, they wanted to be in my video and and i and i explained a little bit of the backstory and the one guy said to me i watch you here every day every day i see you in this park and uh, i think it's got to the point where people you know have seen me out there enough they'll start kind of saying hello and stuff and i've begun to learn of the history of lemoyne fitzgerald the 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 group of seven member that lived just across Portage Avenue from me and Clarence Telanius. And it's a neat history right in this little neighborhood. And um, just kind of walking every day and being in it, it's so loaded with color and inspiration. And 
with beautiful poetry uh, and uh, Manitoba Skyline. That's the last song, right? Is it? Yeah. The, I, I just love the way that resolves at the end. I, I, so uh, Manitoba Skyline and uh, Patron Saint were the two that I thought, you know, were more if I had to pick. But then I, I also referenced uh, Arlington. The thing I didn't reference is kind of interesting because in a way it's like you painted the characters in a- Annabella of the Red Light District, kind of, you know? Oh, yeah. And, and those, the, those uh, there's a strong imagery there that somebody could paint or draw or something, right? The colors of that the... That song, um, it actually, my work tape for that, um, that song was... Um, Initially, I was trying to create a theme song for a TV show that didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about Peaky Blinders. I was a real fan of the TV show Peaky Blinders. Mm-hmm. And anyway, I, I actually was at Buffalo Gal for an unrelated meeting, the film company. And I'd said yep. to them, um, you know what I think would make an amazing show? Like my Irish grandmother, mm-hmm. no man ever tread on her. Mm-hmm. She was the, the tough, aggressive, but like, you know, wild character and like, What's neat about uh, Annabella Street and the whole early red light district here, it's a fascinating history. And, but all these um, houses, they were all run by women. There was no kind of male pimp per se. And um, I'd said to them, a Buffalo guy, I said, boy, I think it would make me, you know, we got a Sopranos, we got a Peaky Blinders. Mm-hmm. We got these types of shows. Where's the female cast, mm-hmm. the female ensemble? I think that's where you could really start unearthing some, you know. Yeah. We don't, we don't really look at the, um, in the history of gangsters, we don't look at the women and we should. Yeah. yeah. And that was, and that, that sort of held that, that, that area, that, that time, that area, that place that Aunt Annabella held everything together, what they were doing, you know, I guess. And all um, those names are real, real people, real stories, you yeah. know, it's, um, yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating. Uh, I went to Guy Madden with that one. I'm like, you know, because I know he'd been pitched by Hollywood and different places to do something that was meant for Netflix kind of thing. I know he's been I know he's been because we've talked about it and I get those same draws in my own career. But so I always tried to tell him, like, you know, maybe there's something we can do here because mm-hmm. we've become uh, friendly and uh you know, uh, I gifted him some music. He gifted me this beautiful book cover. And like, I'm like, you know, I think there's way more, way more we could do here if we chose it. Yeah. I think that era is, um, I can't believe it hasn't been done yet, really. Yeah, great. Yeah, it's great. I, uh, Glenn and I are largely doing this on our own. And just, yeah. uh, I mean, to Glenn's credit, we've produced this uh, record together, but he's also executive produced it. And I, I, my hat's really off to him because it's... Um, uh, he treats the musicians so incredibly well. Like uh, uh, it, it really feels like a level up, especially yeah. with Joanna. She's been so dedicated uh, to me and my career. So to, to have a little structure and some, some fair wages and mm-hmm. Glenn's been really great. And uh, I mean, uh, so much has gone into it. It's really, uh, yeah. it's really quite a thing. And uh, most recently the artwork, mm. I was being encouraged to use, um, some of my collages, which we wound up doing, but wow. I finally said, you know, in, in my studio, one of my screensavers is this lithograph from 1930. And it's a, a beautiful illustration of Portage Avenue looking towards downtown. Yeah. And I, I remember being in the studio with Glenn saying, you know, geez, this should be the artwork. I've looked at it every day that yeah. I've been working. Yeah. And, I, and Glenn said, well, you should, 
you know, reach out to the Manitoba archives and look into it. And I don't know why the thought hadn't occurred to me. Mm-hmm. Manitoba archives were so wonderful and uh, it, it was considered public domain. So uh, we had access and they had really high quality scans. So the record, um, the packaging and stuff is, it, it's by far the most beautiful of my career. And it comes with a, a the LP comes with a beautiful booklet uh, with this beautiful matted finish that has all the lyrics. And I, I can't even remember several, uh, at least a half a dozen of my collages. Mm-hmm. So it kind of like, I'd said to Glenn, you know, um, being on small independent labels my whole career, I always wanted to treat each physical release as an actual piece of art, you know? Yeah. We could put poetry in there. We could put, I go get a new record from like one of my musical heroes and there's not even an insert and it, it, it kills me inside a little bit. Mm-hmm. I want like, yeah. I want substance nice. in my hands. Yeah. yeah. So again, Glenn was yeah. like really gracious about, okay, let's, let's do mm-hmm. this your way. And Roberta Landreth yeah. did the layout design. And so oh, the, the LP size is probably just part of that, eh? But uh, because, uh, you know, CDs, you can't jam all that beautiful art into a little uh, CD package. No, I mean, and, there'll be booklets and stuff there too, but really yeah. it's, it's nothing quite like the record to me. Yeah.
Annabella Street from the suburb beautiful and now more with Scott Nolan. So if you don't mind just me talking about a couple other things in, in your life at the moment, talk about um, having Watermelon Slim do uh, Golden Boy. Yeah, we're actually talking some and I about doing it again. And um, so Jeremy now um, having moved away, um, that opens a, a vacancy for me that I, um, you know, I've been actually talking to Glenn about that because our, our whole thing is, um, is, is kind of launching uh, a website we partnered on called uh, Dream Play. And yeah. it's kind of an artist hub. And Glenn and I are artists in residence, full-time artists in residence, permanent artists in residence, I should say. Is it there now, Dream Play? Active now, yeah. Um, and we have a rotating um, um, guest list of guest artists in residence. We talked about all these various things, the music rooms, things we'd, we'd loved over the years. And we just talked about how we could maybe begin building that in the virtual realm. And uh, Glenn found a really great web designer and it's, um, it's really high quality. We, we've, we've come a long ways to working out little uh, quirks and kinks. And ultimately there'll be things like um, I'm outfitting the studio right now with uh, mounted high def cameras and, and new lighting that will allow me to, um, do streaming performances from the studio. I could share um, the behind the scenes makings of records, all kinds of new stuff. Um, anyway, the Golden Boy has never been released in North America. And so I'd kind of went back to Glenn and said, you know, Slim wants to come back and make another record. And I thought what I might do is um, bring Glenn on board where Jeremy was on piano previously and uh, bring in Paul Balkane, who's a you know key part of our new group and Joanne and Jill, of course, will remain in their, their places. And um, I'd said to Glenn, you know, this, you know, we're, we're, we want to release records through Dreamplay. We want to kind of do our mutual interests all through this uh, one little hub. So uh, I'd suggested to Glenn, you know, to re-release Golden Boy is an international release right out of the gate for us. And I could get us uh, access to the follow-up record. And of course, our new record, Summer Beautiful. And so before you know it, we're, we're coming out with Dreamplay with three three really strong records right away. So mm-hmm. 
I've been lucky that I, I didn't really ever go out and, uh, you know, when I came home and stopped touring, I didn't know I'd get to start producing records. I had no kind of like grand plan. And I've been lucky that um, every record that's come my way has come organically, not through pitching or any kind of stuff like that. And I mean, every one of them to me is a, is a total gift. I, I, I feel like I, there's got to be about 14 or 15 for sure. And um, Sorry, William Prince? All Williams records, yeah. Um, uh, Stephen Fearing's latest, uh, uh, Lynn Hansen record, uh, Little Miss Higgins record, um, Corin Raymond's last record. Uh, yeah, they're all really, truly special. I kind of, I consider them all a part of my immediate artistic, you know, uh, existence. I don't see them as like a side thing or a, a for hire thing at all. I, I, I like, I, I can't take anything on that I don't completely love the way I would my own record and um, coming back to Glenn and I meeting and talking about the folk ideology, like all the stuff in my life worked in a weird haphazard way. I was mentored through prison letters by a cousin doing a life sentence. Um, I met a guy like Mitch Podolik trying to get my rock band on at world next door. (laughs) And the beauty of Mitch is like the interview for the gig had nothing to do with music. There was no demo tape or audition. It was me and him in his office talking. He was an exceptional guy that did things his own way. And it, it stayed with me as a young man. Uh It's continued to inform stuff. And it's like I say, the music part came later. Uh I always try to remind people of that. Now that the idea of gatekeepers and tastemakers and all this stuff, that's a wholly pretentious thing. You're in a position to, to nurture and develop and champion, that's everything. Think of the Willie P. Bennett's of the world. Mm-hmm. The guys that like watching Willie solo was like pure medicine. Mm-hmm. People weren't lining up for selfies with Willie P. The mm-hmm. people that understood what he was really understood it. You know, Hans Van Zandt had 12 people in his audience in the last decade of his life. He, he was no big timer, but we still obsess over his song. Watermelon Slim speaks to that too, eh? Oh, he Slim might be the greatest living example of it. Nothing prepares you for Watermelon Slim. Slim came up in a very affluent family, but mm-hmm. but wasn't who he was. He wasn't yeah. uh, he wasn't a, a aspiring to wealth. And like so, when you look at his career from uh, volunteering to Vietnam to all the various jobs he had, I mean, mm-hmm. his IQ has been measured well into genius territory. Yeah, he's fascinating. Which yeah. is the name of that film? Right. Producing that song, I call it my Mount Olympus because it's just—it's an extraordinary song. And I needed Jeremy Russo and Jill Foni to help me because it was—it was bigger than I could carry on my own. I played drums on the track, Jill on bass, Jeremy on piano, and both of them told me later it was the most demanding session of their lives. Mm. And Slim wrote that song, Words and Music, in his head, driving truck. And mm-hmm. I don't mean like simple chord charts. I mean he notated this stuff. Mm-hmm. Slim can't in fact play it He composed a song That he can't actually physically play mm-hmm. And in my estimation It's a masterpiece of American music yeah. When Leonard Cohen sings It goes like this, the fourth and fifth The minor fell and the major lift The way it kind of articulates the melodic structure While staying in a poetic form That's what Slim does with this song mm-hmm. I tell people all the time If you care about songwriting Go find this because it's an absolute Masterpiece of a song you can't get that record in North America. You can't go to iTunes and hear it. And I've, I've had little standoffs with his manager mm. who has told me that nobody in America or nobody in North America was interested in the record, he told me. It's like, man, Slim paid to make this record. 
and myself and Charles Konowal, we used the grant from, from MTS mm-hmm. television. Yeah. They yeah. helped fund that record. Yeah. That's who helped make that record come to yeah. life. And yeah. all they said to me was, how can you make it a Manitoba story? And I yeah, said, yeah. Man, watch me. Watch me. <laughs> I had 19 guest artists from Manitoba on that record. Yeah, I, know. I had Nathan Rogers singing backups on a Stan Rogers song. Yeah. And I had Ray Stevenson, Walking Wolf, a, a yeah. very celebrated powwow mm-hmm. singer in our community, came in and, and, and did, did some powwow singing on a track. Like, to me, it's like, it's this amazing merging of Americana and Canadiana. And it's not even available to the public, man. <laughs> And I thought I was singing for a whole bunch of people Millions of folks living far below the line They don't buy new pickups, they can't afford CDs They don't matter to folks who smell like Calvin Klein They're wearing torn tank tops and greasy coveralls They're pushing crushed tin cans down a black conveyor belt They're living with wives and kids on far too little money Doing the best they can With the deuces they've been dealt And this old working sweat Keeps on building up And a few of us profit But most of us lose And day after day we stretch out a living And our unheard melody Sounds something like the blues Something like the blues Now there's a woman I've loved when I wasn't too frustrated With busting my ass Just trying to survive And a nine-year-old cutie That I'd give my life for And I'll spend all my strength Just to help them stay alive And I'm sitting in this dirty old dumpster rig riding Knowing the chance you'll ever hear me is small But I'm doing it for everybody that don't draw that bottom line And I'm hoping one day to make winners of Winners of a song 
hear this old driver's song. You think I ain't worth it? You're a thousand miles wrong. But I'm still fierce and free, and I'll fight toe to toe for a piece of your comfort. Though it's coming real slow. And I hope you'll come down here and hear me real soon. For I'm in this working man too. Where I'm in this working man Where I'm this working man That was Winners of His All by Watermelon Slim from the album Golden produced right here in Winnipeg by Scott Nolan. You know what's giving me a lot of pleasure, actually? <laughs> we have to mention this as well, because you know I, I like it, is your collages. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Tell me if I'm wrong, but it started with you sort of soliciting uh, as many uh, National Geographics as you could get, right? I, and I'm overwhelmed. My mom came over and helped me put up shelves. To, to, I, I, I don't have room for them all. <laughs> So many people, like, I mean, like a thousand, over a thousand probably. Yeah. Where it really truly started though, like all this stuff for me was, was like, um, was a response to, to crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, every, uh, I, I feel lucky along the way that I learned this for myself. I try not to demand much of music and art because it's already done so much for me. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. aside from the fact that I've managed to make a modest living, which is hard enough, um, the collages, I mean, prior to the pandemic, I mean, days before the pandemic, my common law marriage of, uh, uh, you know, like 11 years ended very suddenly without any kind of warning or much explanation for that matter. And I'd hired a guy and began renovating my house. And I just was like, I got up one day overwhelmed mm. by uh, anxiety and struggle. And I cracked the spine on a National Geographic and I, I started cutting and, and I began sharing them right away. I made these kind of inexpensive prints but a couple of people had written me early on. Like one woman wrote me and said, you know, this has been a, a struggle living through this pandemic. And she wanted to let me know that she got up every morning and looked forward to my collage that day with her morning coffee. And how yeah. she kind of, she'd expand it and really, really take in the detail. And I decided in that moment that I would try to do one a day. I find humor. That's that's real humor, though. though, though some of those, uh, you know, uh, you know, just an example. Uh, uh, when you take a beautiful flower or a couple of different flowers and put them on an exec, instead of the, ex- the executive having uh, his own look, he's got a flower for a head. I mean, and that's just a, you know, a really rough, crude example of what the collages are about. But, but uh, that, 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 you know, the, there's a humor there. Is that, am I interpreting that wrong? No, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> if you can see behind me, I have a painting of Winston Churchill. And if you remember my Montgomery Eldorado album cover, it's a painting uh, that was done by Tom Waits and Kathleen Brennan's daughter. And the painting of Churchill is how I met her. Uh, I bought this painting uh, many years ago in a gallery in uh, California. And it was part of a, a exhibit, a collection called Men in Power. And it was kind of like um, 
she had kind of uh, kind of emasculated in a way these kind of powerful men from throughout history. And when I was noodling around with uh, various approaches to collage, I felt very drawn to flowers. And I'd, I'd had a whole bunch I'd cut out. And then I began, as you say, putting them on these, these uh, bodies. And I jokingly in my head referred to it as men in flower, <laughs> a little bit inspired by what she was doing. And yeah. I just, uh, yeah, it's just the juxtaposition of, uh, you know, two kind of things it takes and, us to uh, a different level laughter is an interesting thing to analyze because it, it's a re, it's a reaction and you're laughing and it's a good feeling but it's like when when you're jolted into a different perspective on life right oh so. yeah art's kind of <laughs> given me uh it's given me purpose and a tangible place to put struggle really the truth mm -hmm. of it is all yeah. the creative parts of my personality are born out of early struggle and my yeah. current struggle for that matter and uh I was thinking about this great Bruce Lee video I saw recently where he talked about you become the water, become water. And I thought to myself, you know, for me, that's art saved my life as a, as a boy and it continues to almost every day. Nice. And I, I think about it like that with the water thing where, um, like, again, collage, you know, when I was in my 20s I was on a band called Leaderhouse and I had an artist named Paul Butler do the album cover. It's, to this day, it's this beautiful, beautiful kind of iconic record cover done by this really great collage artist named Paul Butler. Paul Butler ultimately inspired Guy Madden to begin experimenting with collage. Guy Madden eventually did a beautiful collage and gifted it to me for the cover of my book of poetry. The book of poetry was born out of anxiety. I was walking, trying to quit smoking. Poems just started coming to me like some sort of gift, encouraging me to keep going. And, um, and then collage. So it's like all these things kind of thematically co connect for me. But what they all have in common is they're a response to anxiety and struggle. And, and uh, so I gave up the kind of pursuit of like the, the charts and all that stuff. I stopped caring a long time ago because I realized, oh, man, like this stuff gives me, gives me my life. That's mm -hmm. it. The whole thing. It's all I got. <laughs> when I visit prisons and schools now, that's, that's always what I say. You know, this is a society that's wholly inclusive. Unlike any other society in the world that I've encountered, the arts uh, society is, is truly an inclusive one that isn't dependent upon a college education or, or um, any luck or breaks or any of those things. All that stuff's a myth. The infrastructure and the entertainment aspect of the arts it's all a myth. It's all make-believe. It's all subsidized, you know? But real art um, will save your life. It nice. saved mine. And I just can't take anything else lightly now because it's, uh, I really just wouldn't be here without it. And so wherever it decides to take me next, I'm, I'm, uh, it's, it's, I'm fully willing to be uh, captive to it, you know?
watching the trains roll by. Don't sleep too late this time of year. It's almost always dark outside. Ghost cars circle in the old switchyards. Thank you.
That was Manitoba Skyline. Once again, the suburb beautiful release is Sunday, June 12th at the West End, WECC.ca for tickets or Eventbrite. Scott Nolan was recently recognized in April in the Manitoba Legislature for his extensive contributions to music and the arts in Manitoba. Adrian Sala, MLA for St. James, in presenting the award said, Manitoba has a rich and vibrant musical landscape, one that Scott has had a hand in shaping and greatly contributing to. We'll have a few more songs from Scott's producer, Cadre, in the second hour. This is Planet Mainstage. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Hello, everybody. I'm Del Barber, and you're listening to Planet Mainstage with John Prentice on 101.5. UMFM and UMFM.com. Get it while it's hot. Thanks for listening. Trying to find a cure for my lonesome condition. Out here on my own tonight, just fishing. Wishing. Lately, thinking about the good things to come, and I believe it could be something good has begun. Oh, I've been smiling lately, dreaming about the world at one, and I believe it could be someday it's going to come. Cause out on the edge of darkness, there is a peace train. about the good things to come and i believe it could be something good has begun well, peace train sounding louder tonight on the peace train Sounding louder Night on the 
Come on, the peace train. It's peace train, oh, holy roller. Everyone jump up on the peace train. John here. Welcome to Hour 2 of Planet Mainstage for this June 4th, 2022. That was classic Cat Stevens with Peace Train. Hope that re-energized you to our most meaningful, peaceful, and peace-seeking existence on this planet. We were at the very successful Peace Benefit at the West End Cultural Center last week, which included great performances and new discoveries for me. Burnstick, Scott Nolan, amazing new discovery, Joe Curtis, Aaron Prop, bass accompaniment by Julian Bradford, also Joey Landreth, Ridley Bent, the amazing Fufu Chichi Choir, and hosted beautifully by AL. And all proceeds went to support the International Red Cross Humanitarian Missions. Back to more music in a second, but first it's time for our weekly contest. Name that riff. Ooh, ooh. We play a song clip, and you amazingly identify it each week. Yay! And then you email me at planetm at umfm.com and win a CD prize. Last week, our riff was the one and only unmistakable Roger Miller. And the song? In the Summertime. And the winner is Wayne Drury. Congrats, Wayne. I'll be getting in touch. Okay, ready for this week's clue? I've been first and last Look at how the time goes past But I'm all alone at last and again, I've been first and last. Look at how the time goes past. But I'm all alone at last, rolling home to you. Got it? If so, email me at planetm at umfm.com. Bon chance. I've been first and last. Look at how the time goes past. But I'm Back to music, we'll start off with more artists produced by Scott Nolan right here in Winnipeg, as mentioned. Stephen Fearing, a selection from his Unconquerable Past album, 
and the powerful voice and evocative lyrics and Scott Nolan touch on the arrangement from Reliever, this is William Prince, Heaven and Earth, on 101.5 UMFM, Planet Mainstage. Between heaven and hell There's almost end if Could have and maybe Forgive me again I'm sorry and next time It won't happen again Heaven and hell Beginning and end Always waiting on each other Who's gonna slip first Tell me how I hurt you Tell me what's worse Cause it's dark and it's light Different and same Heaven and hell Fire or rain I'd move heaven and hell Just to bring you closer To change your mind Just start over Cause you're preaching to the choir Ain't me you gotta tell You deserve better than the middle Of just heaven and hell From the root that holds strongest To the branch that's breaking There's always gonna be some Of whatever you let Heaven and hell Forgive or forget And I'd move heaven and hell Just to bring you closer Change your mind Just start over Cause you're preaching to the choir Ain't me you gotta tell You deserve better than the middle Of just heaven and hell Heaven and hell Just to bring you closer To change your mind Just start over Cause you're preaching to the choir Ain't me you gotta tell 
You deserve better than the middle Of just heaven and hell We deserve better than the middle Of just heaven and hell Well, I ran so fast for years Thought the price was tears And running was the key I looked for love and comfort everywhere Learned to stare but I never learned to see And I was playing some casino There you were Beside the spinning wheel of fortune My rhinestone girl I was young and innocent I mostly felt just awkward and naive And I wanted to be older With my coat slung on my shoulder Hard on my sleeve When I finally found the stillness in myself I started wondering just how many years Were left upon self Time paints a lullaby With gold on the river Till the rivers run dry And time is a long goodbye It's a taker and a giver It's a slow dance We all want all time We made love among the ruins we made music out of all of that history We found joy as the summer wanes Winter blew the leaves off the trees And we measured all the sweetness that we found Against the bitter times of waiting Till the good times came around with gold on the river till the rivers run dry And time is a long goodbye It's a taker and a giver It's a slow dance we all want Heaven is a feeling, it's a peaceful Sunday morning cup of tea It's my shelter from the storm when I know the storm is waiting for me When I'm far away and down to the bone 
Trying to sing my way to heaven Trying to get back home Time paints a lullaby With gold on the river Till the rivers run dry Time is a long goodbye It's a taker and a giver It's a slow dance we all want Stephen Fearing, Gold on the River, from the Unconquerable Past, and William Prince, Heaven and Earth, from Reliever, two albums produced right here in Winnipeg by Scott Nolan. Next, what I hope this show is known for, a nice, long, eclectic set of music from various genres. Uh, Farron Fave, introducing the Santur, Moody Amiri, Overdue Amelia Curran, Afel Bukum, and more new Brothers Landreth. And to start, old friends Grace, Jesse, and Quinton Cassati with the lovely Hold On to Me from their album There Will Be Days.
mama was a waitress My daddy a truck driver The thing that kept their power from them Slowed me down a while I remember the morning It was the closing of my youth When I said goodbye to no one And in that way I faced my truth And they walk along the river And the rain are coming down And a girl on the road There's a rhythm to the highway To match the rhythm of your fears My shopping bag possession scattered With my splattered tears A string of nights and truck stops In darkness and in lights And a man they all call Tiger Boy He just had to show me why He just had to give me something I'd forever understand There's a girl on a road Sing with me Rain upon the water Makes footprints sunk in sand Anger upon angry hurt Take me by the hand and take me by the heartstrings Pull me deep inside, say I'm one with your forgiveness And separate from my pride I don't know what it's like for you, but here's what it's like for me I wanted to turn beautiful and serve eternity and never follow money or love with greasy hands or move the earth and waters just to make it fit my plans. My eyes would be the harbor, my words the perfect place for a girl.
tell you at the onset Everybody does their part I did my best to follow The calling of my soul It's like that first guitar played At the center is a hole At the center is a longing That I cannot understand There's a girl If music be a boulder, let me carry it a long while Let it turn into a feather, let it brush against my smile Life be somewhat settled, with the life the song has made Let there be nothing I'm longing for, in some plan I may have made In some story quickly written, during a long forgotten time as a girl
Hello, Manitoba. This is Amelia Curran saying glad you dropped by to listen to Planet Mainstage on 101.5 UMFM.
Hi, hi, hi. This is Planet Mainstage, June 4th, 2022. That was brand new from Brothers Landreth. You Don't Know Me from their new album, Just Out, Come Morning. Joy was also at the Peace Benefit last week, swallowing us whole with the gift of his musical stylings and voice. We also heard Mali's Afel Bukum with Fare Yungu. Afel began his career with Ali Farkature, and you could hear those influences. From Spectator, Amelia Curran with Years, Moody Amiri, Amir Amiri and Richard Moody with Bolero from their album Safar, the Santur and the Viola, the instruments. Farron from A Girl on the Road, and started with our Winnipeg pals, Cassati, Hold On to Me, from There Will Be Days. Well, that's it for today. We will finish off with three more songs from our talented array of Winnipeg artists, Leaf Rapids, Little Miss Higgins, and one more from Scott Nolan and Glenn Buer. Again, reach me anytime at planetm at umfm.com and podcast and info at planetmainstageumfm.com. Enjoy the burgeoning, shall we say, summer? (laughs) Still support live music in a safe way. Be kind. Leaf Rapids is playing at the return of the patio shows outside the West End, Saturday, June 11th. From Citizen Alien, we'll hear the title cut. Little Miss Higgins has a fine new album from The Firewalls. We'll hear The Sea Takes Me Away. And one more from Scott Nolan, Candy. Scott Nolan and Glenn Buer are having their CD release for The Suburb Beautiful on June 12th, Sunday at 2 p.m. at the West End Cultural Center. They will be performing the album with the full five-piece band along with the Penderecki String Quartet. CDs and LPs will be available. Our first hour featured a slightly pared-down but ever-illuminating and heartfelt interview with Scott. Thank you again, Scott. This is Leaf Rapids. Bye-bye. You've got to go I'm coming with you We'll cross the new divide You are my mystery future I'm always on your side I'm always on your side You paint your hair I'll paint my skin We'll paint the document Makes no sense that a stranger stand Conceal my truth Baby, can't see my
January 27th. Left José for Canada at 7 a.m. Got to London. The 28th. Left London. Arrived at Liverpool. Girl slept on train. Sail from Liverpool per SS Sicilian. The sea takes me away from you, away from all the things that I once knew. The 29th. Along the coast of Ireland. Sea calm. Stopped for ship in distress. Rationing supplies. Thursday, February 3rd. The girls are sick. Sea rough all day. At sea, at sea, at sea. The sea takes me away from you. I could not take the threats. I could not survive that life anymore. Takes me away from you, away from all the things that I once knew. Taught me more than I could ever learn in school. 
supper beautiful for lonely hearted fools. Little trailer out in the back, we fell asleep to the sounds of the railroad tracks. Candy and me. Everything 